listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast, the podcast for coaches, leaders and academics who are interested in translating research into practice. Each episode, I discuss a brand new piece of cutting-edge research and translate the findings with suggestions of how you can incorporate the research into your practice. I'm your host, Dr. Rebecca J. Jones. Now, on with today's show. Hi, in today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast, I'm going to be talking about a research paper called Contemplating Mindfulness at Work, an Integrative Review, which was written by Darren Good, Christopher Luddy, Teresa Gloom, Joyce Bono, Kirk Brown, Michelle Duffy, Ruth Bayer, Judson Brewer and Sarah Lazar and was published in the Journal of Management in January 2016. I'll put a link to the paper in the show notes. Now, the reason that I wanted to discuss this paper, as well as being an excellent review of the literature on mindfulness, is that they really, the authors really focus on explanations of why mindfulness works. And I think mindfulness is one of those areas which has really increased in popularity. And I know certainly within coaching, it's extremely popular, but we don't really talk about why it works that often. So this article actually turns the attention to those mechanisms that um, mean that mindfulness works, which is what I'm going to explore in the podcast today. So the authors conduct a review of the literature on mindfulness with the aim of generating new insights for organisational leaders. They focus on three core workplace outcomes from mindfulness, performance, interpersonal relationships and well-being. And for the purpose of their article, the authors adopt the definition of mindfulness as a receptive attention to and awareness of present events and experience. The authors clarify that one way in which we can understand what mindfulness is, is to contrast it with conceptual processing. When we're in a conceptual processing mode, our thoughts dominate our attention. Therefore, throughout our day, our thoughts rapidly evaluate and interpret what we're perceiving. These thoughts can also be turned inward upon ourselves so that we may start to dwell on thoughts in an attempt to understand or resolve them. Mindfulness, on the other hand, involves paying attention to external stimuli or internal thoughts and emotions. However, rather than trying to evaluate, work through or interpret what captures our attention, we simply register what's being perceived without attempting to derive meaning from it or engage in further processing. Now, the authors suggest that awareness of and attention to these reactions affords a degree of mental distance or disengagement from evaluations we might otherwise complete of ourselves. So with the capacity to witness events, thoughts and emotions as they play out comes an ability to attend to occurrences as concrete phenomena rather than interpreting them in ways which may be biased by our memories, our learned associations or future projections of what this might mean. So the authors of this paper conducted a review, which means that rather than conducting a new piece of research, they have instead examined the existing published research on this topic and summarised this to provide the reader with an overview of what the body of research can tell us about the topic, in this case, mindfulness at work. So what did they do? For the purpose of the podcast, I'm going to give the headlines of some of the key findings the authors summarise. I'd really recommend that listeners interested in learning more refer to the paper for the full details. So mindfulness impacts on human functioning in five major respects. 
our attention, cognition, emotion, behaviour and physiology. So firstly, mindfulness affects human functioning through attention. It enables us to stabilise our attention so our mind wanders less. It gives us greater attentional control, therefore we can focus our attention on a target and ignore distractions, which in turn increases our attentional efficiency. We use less attentional energy trying to concentrate on our target and ignore distractions. Secondly, mindfulness affects cognitive capacity by improving our working memory capacity and enhancing our fluid intelligence, which is the ability to process and respond to novel information by assessing patterns and relationships. Thirdly, mindfulness reduces the life cycle of negative emotions. So we recover from negative emotions quicker and our reactivity to emotional stimuli. So we're less responsive to negative uh, emotions as well. Fourthly, mindfulness influences self-regulation behaviour such as reduced automaticity. Automaticity is the ability to effortlessly engage in behaviours without conscious attention to the details. And by reducing automaticity, mindfulness provides a degree of choicefulness over whether to or where to allow for automatic responses or to consciously regulate our behaviour instead. And fifthly, mindfulness reduces physiological responses to stress and positively impacts age-related brain degeneration. Now, in terms of the outcomes mindfulness can produce, it appears to positively impact on job performance. However, the authors ask the open question as to how might mindfulness influence work performance. Now, based on the available evidence, the authors suggest that some potential explanations for the positive impact of mindfulness on performance could be that mindfulness heightens optimal performance levels by effectively controlling and stabilising attention to current task relevant information. Mindfulness may also reduce troughs in performance where performance decreases or is at a minimal level by allowing for stability of attention and regulation of behaviour. Mindfulness may also buffer the individual from potentially disruptive factors within the workplace that could divert attention from the task. Mindfulness also positively influences interpersonal behaviour and quality of relationships. The authors hypothesise that this link could be explained by the positive impact of mindfulness on more stable attention, reduced emotional reactivity and more positive emotional tone. The authors also suggest that their review indicates that mindfulness improves relationships by increasing what they call an other orientation. Mindfulness leads individuals to process events and occurrences in a less self-referential or ego-involved way, which fosters greater attentiveness to and care for others and a stronger focus on interpersonal rather than self-concerns. Finally, mindfulness has a positive impact on well-being. In particular, the authors discuss how mindfulness may foster resilience, which may then be linked to improve well-being. This may occur, for example, as mindfulness may allow one to observe potentially challenging or difficult workplace events while adopting a decentered or removed perspective in response to those stressful external events. As a result, these stresses may be experienced as less threatening. The authors note that a key area of further development in the field of mindfulness is the need for future applied research to discover how to optimally design and target mindfulness training at work for maximum efficacy and sustainability.
the practicality of mindfulness training may also hinge on the dose required for effects. Research on the minimum effective doses is promising, with as little as just five minutes of training inducing positive effects. However, little is known on the sustainability and generalizability of these effects. So what does this mean for coaching? Mindfulness and coaching have often been intrinsically linked, with many coaching practitioners aiming to develop mindfulness into their practice in order to ensure that they are truly present during their coaching sessions. Certainly, the evidence presented in this review indicates why mindfulness is an essential element of coaching practice. By coaching in a mindful way, coaches will be able to stabilise their attention to allow for true active listening, improve their fluid intelligence, which will enhance the coach's ability to process and respond effectively to the coachee's presenting issues. And finally, by attending to the coachee in the moment, provides the mental distance to remain truly non-judgmental by ensuring that we're not interpreting the coachy situation based on our own memories, learned associations or future projections. Of course, this article clearly indicates that mindfulness is not only useful for coaches, but for all, and therefore it may also be useful for coaches to discuss with their coachees the benefits of mindfulness and how their coachees may be able to incorporate mindfulness into their daily lives. The coaching conversation may also be an ideal opportunity to provide the coachee with some mindfulness training or practice in order to equip them with the requisite skills. So that concludes today's episode of the Coaching Academic Podcast. Just to remind you, in today's episode, I was discussing Contemplating Mindfulness at Work, an Integrative Review, which was written by Darren Good, Christopher Liddy, Teresa Gloom, Joyce Bono, Kirk Brown, Michelle Duffy, Ruth Bayer, Judson Brewer and Sarah Lazar, and was published in the Journal of Management in January 2016. As always, I'll include a link to the paper in the show notes. Now, I'm off to practice my mindfulness. I'm Rebecca Jones. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Coaching Academic Podcast. If you're interested in reading my research, sponsoring the show, or in hiring me as a researcher, coach, or speaker, check out my website, www.rebeccajjones.co.uk. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review in iTunes and subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you have a question you'd like me to answer in a future show, then please get in touch via my website. Finally, you can connect with me on Twitter at coach underscore research. Thanks for listening.